the spiritual condition of America, politics, culture, and current events, analyzed through the lens of scripture. Welcome to The Alex McFarland Show. Isaac, Ishmael, those are two very famous Bible names, aren't they? We're going to talk about the gospel. We're going to talk about Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Hagar, Ishmael, and how to understand what's going on in the world today. Alex McFarland here, and I'm very honored to have with me now a brother, colleague, and friend of just at 20 years. I have known this dear evangelist for the gospel. His name is Kamal Salim. In my opinion, he is the world expert on how Christians can reach Muslims with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what a blessing. I'm on the road as we record this, and I arrived in Colorado to teach for a week at Karis Bible College. Many of you know, in addition to speaking and broadcasting, I'm here at Karis uh, teaching apologetics, biblical worldview, and Andrew Walmack has graciously allowed me to be a part of the curriculum development for this school. But I, I got into the lodge where faculty stays, didn't know uh, anybody would be here, and who do I see but one of my greatest friends in the world, the, just a man of God, if there ever was a Holy Spirit-led man of God, it is Kamal Salim, and I can't meet Kamal and not record him for radio. So first of all, I want to say what a joy to see you, my dear brother, and thanks for making time to be with us on the program. I, I really have, a, uh, you know, many friends in the world, but I have very few brothers. And you are a brother that I love, a brother from the same father. You know, I lost all my families, but God gave me Alex McFarlane to be my brother, and I'm so thankful that I keep running into you because it makes my day brighter. Well, you're very gracious. You have spoken for us in our Truth for a New Generation conferences. You've published books. I want to talk about Israel and what's going on in the world. There's so much. But briefly, your story, you were raised in a, was it a Sunni Muslim family? Yes, I was. I was born in Beirut, Lebanon, to Muslim Sunni family. You know, Sunni is different than Shia. So when we say Sunni is like Saudi Arabia kind, you know, and when we say Shia, we say, you know, like Iran kind. You know, the difference between the two, the, both of them are the sons of Abraham, you know, the Shia and the Sunnis, but they came from different batch. You know, so Ishmael, where the Sunni came from, and, you know, the sons of Keturah, the six of them, that's where the Shia came from. So you became a Christian. If you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you became a believer in Christ? I was about 25 years, uh, 25 years old, uh, somewhere in there. I'm the kind of guy who have issue with dates, with time and names. So I'm always remember situation, but I don't remember dates. So I'm assuming I was about 25, 26, 27, somewhere in there in that area. And this was a radical change of life for you. I mean, you, you had given your life previously to the spread of Islam, and now meeting Jesus Christ, now your whole life has done a completely different direction. The beauty about all this, it's so poetic, because the, the greatest victory is when somebody is, is destined to die for the glory of Allah, to meaning to exalt the name of Allah, because in Islam, the only way that you can exalt Allah is to kill and be killed, you know, in martyrism. I was saved in many battles, you know, this man in white clothing will appear to me and save me, you know, time after time. 
and I didn't know who he was. And then one day, you know, after, you know, I, I had a car wreck and I broke my neck in two places, my collarbone, my, my, you know, my ribs, my, you know, my breast cage, you know, all of it, you know, uh, uh, three Christian men rose and started helping me. And then these Christian men belonged to a, a group called, uh, you know, Christian Businessmen Association, something like this. And they came from different group of Christians, and they came together and prayed together. But the beauty about all this, these people were thinking about how they're going to save me and how they're going to give me out of their need, financial need, to set me free, you know, financially. And I'm thinking in their middle of the circle is how I'm going to burn the house and kill everyone that nobody would know who I was. Because so I was thinking from my perspective, from my belief as, as a Muslim, and they were thinking from their believe as Christians. But the amazing thing is the amazing love of God pierced the darkness. There is nothing more powerful than the love of God. You know, there's the blood of Jesus that has been offered by love. You know, so therefore the love is what led him to do it all. So, you know, and so so when we look at all this, I was being changed because I saw those Christians are genuine because everything we studied about Christians is fake. As Muslims, you know, because we, it's a hearsay. And here I am in the midst of these people, and I start falling in love with people that love me unconditionally because I never understood what unconditional love before that. Before becoming a Christian, while you were a Muslim, what had you been taught about Christians? Oh, Christians worship three gods, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Mary. You know, I mean, they have the statue to prove it. And Christians are, you know, uh, they're so hypocrites because their Christianity is about this, that, and the other, and they kept it to themselves. They didn't share it with the Muslims or anybody else because they don't want the whole world to be saved. They just want to save themselves. So Christians are liars. They are demon-possessed. They have a heart of a pig. Allah said there are pigs and monkeys. The Jews and the Christians, they're pigs and monkeys. So we didn't think that you are human. You know, and we, we see that this perspective when Hitler got, you know, in a war, you know, starting his war, the Muslim, the Grand Mufti of, uh, of Jerusalem, Hajjal Amil Husseini, uh, traveled over to him to tell him, these people are not a human. These are animals. Mm. So Hitler bought into the theology of Islam, and he killed six million Jews because they think he, they were animals. They're not a human being. So this is where we came from to the point that killing them is okay. So... How quickly did the Spirit of God, once you became a believer, how quickly and what was the process of God reordering your mind and changing your thoughts? Here's something. So I was seven years old, you know, and I want to have a relationship with Allah. I used to uh, climb up the rooftop of the building where there's no brothers or sisters, take my clothes off in cold Beirut night, roll in icy cold water, and I cry to my Allah, Allah, Rabbi wa Mawlay, if lam takun li famanli. My Lord, my King, if you are not for me, who will be for me? I want to have a relationship. At the age of seven, you know, my father kicked me out of school because I was not smart. I didn't have the understanding like my other brothers, you know, and, and there's a lot of stories. So there's a big story over there. But nevertheless, he said, I'm going to take you out of school and you have to work right now. Seven years old. And here I am. I lost my father at seven years old, you know, and I came to know that, uh, you know, I'm an orphan, that I have a father, I have a mother. My mother turned my back on me, just like Hagar did to Ishmael, 
and Abraham, how he turned against his son, he, he kicked him out, you know, whatever. So I felt like I'm an orphan and my life is worth nothing. Now, the only thing I can do is to fight for Allah and make a name for all this. But then when a car wreck happened, you know, and these people were ministering to me, and now I'm seeing, you know, that, you know, the God of Christian and Jews and the God of the Muslim is not the same. It's not the same God. It's two different gods. One of them has to be a liar. Who is telling the truth? But the, the fruit that they were producing, the Christians, I was watching their fruit, how the husband treated his wife and his children, how they gave out of their goodness to help others, how they're helping one another. And the other things that was really above my understanding, they said God spoke to them. They heard the voice of God. I'm going like, these people are losing their mind. But I was seeing something. You know, it's amazing. The process has, you know, amazing grace. You know, I was blind, but now I see, yeah. you know, and, and so freely. God is so, so gracious that he is trying to give me little bites at time so he will not freak me out because I came for something that I have no understanding of. We have to take a break. This is Alex McFarland with my longtime friend, colleague in ministry, Kamal Salim. Stay tuned. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Israel and Gaza and what's going on in the Middle East and more of his story, a trophy of God's life-changing grace after this. Stay tuned. Fox News and CNN call Alex McFarland a religion and culture expert. Stay tuned for more of his teaching and commentary after this. Christian author and speaker Alex McFarland is an advocate for Christian apologetics. Teaching in more than 2,200 churches around the world, schools, and college campuses, Alex is driven by a desire to help people grow in relationship with God. He arms his audiences with the tools they need to defend their faith, while also empowering the unchurched to find out the truth for themselves. In the midst of a culture obsessed with relativism, Alex is a sound voice who speaks timeless truths of Christianity in a timely way. With 18 published books to his name, it's no surprise that CNN, Fox, The Wall Street Journal, and other media outlets have described Alex as a religion and culture expert. To learn more about Alex and to book him as a speaker at your next event, visit alexmcfarland.com or you can contact us directly by emailing booking at alexmcfarland.com. He's been called trusted, truthful, and timely. Welcome back to The Alex McFarland Show. Welcome back to the program. You know, it's a blessing. Uh, one of the great things about being a Christian is the fellowship we have because our heart and our soul and our, our priorities are the same. And nowhere do I have as sweet a fellowship as whenever Kamal Salim and I sit around and we talk about the great things of God. We share what God is doing. Now, before the break, you were talking about that amazing grace. God loves you. God speaks to you. Continue, if you would. They gave me a key to their house because I, I was Nana Kamal. I was babysitting their children. But, and I could not work and whatever, you know, they paid my debts in full and they bought me a brand new car to replace my old car. And uh, these people, they said, here's the keys to the house. You can come anytime you want to. And the trust that they have 
you know, I would not trust my enemy. And these people were trusting me without knowing who I was. And so when I came home, I felt really that this is the end of my life because I felt defeated. I don't want to leave their home. I want to stay there. I felt safe for the first time. And now I fell on my knees toward the east and I cried out to my Allah and I said, Allah, my Lord, my God, my King, my Maker, why have you done such a thing to me? You put me among Christians. These Christians are crazy. But they speak to their God and their God speak to them and they, they ask him for wives, for husbands. They ask for finances breakthrough. They ask for homes. They ask, 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 and he gives it to them. One week they come and pray about it. The second week says, look what God done for me. I'm going like, why don't we have this? Why aren't you doing this to me, Lord? All I want to know if you are real, speak to me. Tell me that you are God. Allah didn't say anything. That day I thought, okay, this is going nowhere. And the joke, I told the joke and a joke on me because I was the best joker there is. So I was going to put the gun in my mouth and finish my story. So I said to Allah, I said, if I die today and I see your face and you say, Kamal Salim, you're going to go to hell because you killed yourself. I'm going to say to you, I'd rather live in hell than live with you because you are a liar and the father of lies you are. With this, I thought he will kill me and nothing happened. I was losing my mind that day. And I went to grab my gun and I put it in my mouth to finish the story. And I heard the first miracle in my life that it was attangible to my ears. And the voice declared, he said, I am. He said, Kamal, my son. He declared that he is a father and I'm his son. He said, I am the God of Father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He told me he has a family that he belongs to. They're Jewish, you know, and, and so therefore he said, he said it three times. He said, I am. He said, Kamal, my son, I am. The, you know, so the third time he said, call on me. I fell on my knees and I cried out with a loud voice, God of Father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, if you are real, speak to me. God of Father Abraham, if you are real, I want to know you. Well, the father voice dissipated and the room was filled with the glory of the living God. And there he stood and he had holes in his hand and his feet. And he has a tallit on his shoulders, which is a Jewish shawl for the rabbis. And he stood there and I knew right away that this is Jesus. You know, he said, every knee will bow and every tongue will, will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I said, who are you, my Lord? He said, Anahuada. He spoke in Aramaic. I never learned to make, and I understood what he said. He said, Anahuada, I am he. What is that supposed to mean? I have no clue. He said, I am the Aleph and the Tav. I am the beginning and the end. I have known you before I formed the foundation of the earth. So I have known you in eternity, and I have, I have loved you before I formed you in your mother womb. Kum, Kamal, arise. That's why I named my ministry Kum, you know, Arise. And when I rose up, my bones were intact, but my mind and my heart. And that demon that rode my shoulder for years was there no more. I was Amen. set free, and now I'm operating in the liberty of the living God. You know, Kamal, talking about miraculous works of God, talking about miraculous interventions of the Holy Spirit, you know, let's be honest, there are a lot of American Christians that have never been taught about these things. And I believe this is one of my core passions. And folks, as I say what I'm about to say, please remember, and I give God the glory, I've spoken in 2,200 
American churches. And our nation desperately needs to re-encounter the miraculous God of the book of Acts, okay? A couple of years ago, I was in Cincinnati. I had the great honor to speak at a conference called The Call of Love. There were nearly a thousand former Muslims, now Christians. And Kamal, these were engineers, these were doctors, these were computer programmers. This was a very white-collar crowd of highly, highly educated Arabic people. And they invited me based on one of my books. I wrote a book about the basics of Christianity called Stand, Core Truth You Must Know for an Unshakable Faith. I wrote it when you and I worked for Dr. Dobson. And anyway, that book, they came. They said, we want you to come three days, teach us Christian theology. But we had testimonies. And here's my point about the supernatural. These ex-Muslims, now born-again believers, they were telling me stories about they would have a dream. They were faithful going to the mosque, and yet Jesus would appear in a dream and said, I am Jesus, follow me. I heard testimony after testimony after testimony. One woman said that she was driving in her car, and Jesus said, you are a woman of worth and value. You're not property. You're a woman, and I want to be your savior. And so speak, if you would, about, I know this is your own story, but God is miraculously reaching Muslims for the gospel. And I I think we in the American church, once again, we must be open to the reality of the supernatural. Yes. So we need to understand, Brother Alex, is number one, that Jesus Christ in the book of Ephesians, he said, I came to create them myself, one new humanity, to, to abolish the hostility between the two, you know, and create in myself one new kind of, of people. So this is what he came for. But number two, you know, he coded the book of Jewel, you know, in the book of Acts, you know, uh, he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh that, you know, people will have dreams and visions and will prophesy. And he said, even on your maid servants, I will pour out my spirit. Now, we have to look at God when he's speaking to this. He's he's speaking to humanity. You know, a lot of people thinking it's the Jewish people, but it is beyond the Jewish people because who was the maidservant? It was Hagar and her son Ishmael and what so have you. So God is pouring his, you know, and and then he turned around, Jesus said, he said, I will build the church and the power of hell will not prevail. These are, you know, anytime God, when he said the word, is a covenant within himself when it's not covenant with a human being, but he he does it on our behalf. Mm-hmm. So he was doing all this. And God mentioned in the book of Genesis and also in the book of Isaiah that he will bring the Ishmaelite to the brothers, the Israelite, in the last days, and they will celebrate at the altar of the Lord with the glory of God. So they will bring their finances and they will help to build Israel and they will be a blessing to the body of Christ. That's what the book of Isaiah said. So God is fulfilling his purpose because he, when he said, we need to understand that 2,000 years ago, this is when the end of time began. But now we are at the end of the age of the end of time where things, he said, things will be glorious. You know, will be, you know, you will do greater things than I because what you begun, he said, you will do greater things you do than I at that time. So we are in that double portion age where the Holy Spirit must manifest in the outpouring and the miracle age must continue on because that's the only way you're going to bring two billion Muslim, which is the biggest body of Gentiles left behind. 
You know, in the New Testament, it says God in these last days has spoken by his son, Jesus Christ. And if that was so 2000 years ago here in 2024, we must be in the last of the last days. Folks, stay tuned. We're going to come back, continue our conversation with Kamal Salim, and we're going to talk about Israel. So don't go away. Fox News and CNN call Alex McFarland a religion and culture expert. Stay tuned for more of his teaching and commentary after this. Over the last several decades, it's been my joy to travel the world talking with children, teens, adults, people of all ages about the questions they have related to God, the Bible, Christianity, and how to know Jesus personally. Hi, Alex McFarlane. I want to make you aware of my book, The 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity. You know, we interviewed hundreds of children and parents and families to find out the questions that children and people of all ages are longing to find answers for. In the book, we've got practical, biblical, real-life answers that they have about how to be a Christian in this modern world. My book, The 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask, you can find it wherever you buy books or at resources.afa.net. He's been called trusted, truthful, and timely. Welcome back to The Alex McFarland Show. Welcome back to the program. Before we resume our conversation with Kamal Salim, I want to thank everybody. I was at uh, the Stand Firm Conference in Orlando, Florida just days ago, and we had people come. Now think about this. Orlando, Florida in February, Christian conference. It was sold out. For three days, I got to talk about biblical worldview and defending the faith. People came from Ohio, Virginia, Georgia, Idaho, Idaho to Orlando is a long way. I give God the glory for what he's doing. I do ask everybody to pray. Our summer camps are coming. The website is equipretreat.org. Equipretreat.org. We'll be with over a thousand young people uh, in seven camps this summer, and we're going to talk about God and country. We're trying to woke proof America's youth. By the way, I, I do want to say we still need to raise, we need to see God provide about $50,000 for these camps. So if you would feel so led to give, you can mail a contribution. Your tax-deductible contribution will be used to evangelize the lost and stand up for truth in this era. You can mail a check, if you would, to TNG, that's Truth for a New Generation, just TNG to P.O. Box 10231, Greensboro, North Carolina, zip code 27404, or you can give securely online at alexmcfarland.com. Well, with the time remaining, Kamal, I want to talk about the fact that, by the way, I want you to give your website. You're an incredible speaker. You've spoken for us many, many times. You travel the world courageously, faithfully, on behalf of the gospel. I've known you just a few months shy of 20 years. You're one of the finest evangelists. The hand of God is on your life. Pastors, churches, you need to bring this man to your city. Tell us about your website and how people can find you. Uh, our website, it's called kuministries.com. It's K-O-O-M-E 
K-O-O-M-E, next word, ministries, plural, dot com. And uh, over there, you know, uh, you will learn about how God is reaching the Muslims in the last days. I wrote a new book. It's called Ishmael Redeemed, Call to the Kingdom. And why is God is bringing the billions of uh, millions of Muslims in the last days? And for what purpose? You got to read the book. You know, uh, I was on the Al Jazeera news page and they call it Israel's war on Gaza. Now, October 7, 2023, the whole world reacted as Hamas attacked Israel. And surprisingly, even though Israel was defending itself, people around the world, and certainly American liberals and American Democrats, were standing against Israel and for terrorists. How do you react when you see a headline like that on the Islamic news service saying Israel's war on Gaza? Well, the word of God says people will call good, bad, you know, uh, bad and bad, good, light, dark, dark, light. You know, we are an upside down world. And Jesus referred to it. He said, see that you are not deceived. It's a deceptive word. You know, so the deception, you know, if you look at Syria down the street from what happened in Israel, we see that Bashar al-Assad killed over 600, nearly 700,000 Syrian in one city. That's in one city. And you go like, why in the world is not losing their mind and say, look what he's doing. But for some reason, when it comes to Israel, everything changes. We know that the things that we are dealing with, they are not physical, they're spiritual. So, and there's a spiritual war taking place in heaven. And, you know, God is fighting is Satan on our behalf. And there's a war is happening over the Muslim world. God is calling the Muslim. He's appearing to them, like you said, in dreams and visions. And there's a Kairos moment is happening over their world, which is it's a time that is destined in eternity to open up. It's a portal over the Muslim people to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is encountering the Muslims just like he encountering Saul, you know, who became Paul. So he was sold a terrorist and he encountered, you know, him and all of a sudden their eyes are open. But the Muslim people are waiting on the Ananias to come and lay a hand on their eyes to remove the scale from their eyes. And their Muslim people are still waiting to see where is the Christian that Jesus told them about, you know. And so they are still waiting in the valley for the invitation. And we hold the invitation as Christians. So what do you recommend to churches? Because no doubt in every city, in a way, this is such a blessing. The mission field has come to Heartland America. And we know Dearborn, Michigan, and uh, you and I are just a few miles south of Denver, Colorado. Denver has an intensely Islamic population all over the country. And let me just say, in all of my travels, some of the friendliest people Uh, My heart just goes out. I meet Muslim people in restaurants, driving trucks. I've shared the gospel. You can't help but love these people. These are dear, dear people. They need Jesus. Kamal, how do you recommend churches go about beginning to build a bridge to share Jesus with their Islamic neighbor? Since December of last year, 23, I have done so far about six, seven conferences. You know, and just, you know, because... With this book, Ishmael Redeem, Call to the Kingdom, they are seeing, you know, how the millions of Muslims, you know, statistically, you know, that's recorded by the Islamic census, six million Muslims come into Christ every year. But I'm here to tell you more than six million. Coming, you know, it's, it's, you know, the gates are breaking open and the flood is moving. But here's the thing. 
So, so there's rules of engagement. We need to know that this is not that just something we jump into. We need our heart need to be broken for what we believe in. If our heart, if our son is on drugs or our daughter is is in homosexuality or whatever, we cry for them before God. And so it's called supplication. So we need to know fasting. Fasting is something, number one, is not to twist the hand of God to convert Muslims. Fasting is to say to God, I don't know how to lead the Muslim to Christ. Help me to, to help them. You know, and God is waiting on those. He's saying every day, whom shall I send? You know, who, who will go before me? You know, and so the second one, we need to really start doing not prayers, but we need to do supplication. Supplication is we cry. You know, anytime we cry before God, God hears. And so this is the second. The third one is we need to start having relationships with them. God works in ships, you know, relationships, friendships, you know, uh, stewardships, you know, all these ships. God work in all this. The other thing is we need to break bread with them. Don't bring bacon or don't bring pork. Bring, you know, fish, bring chicken. Chicken is always safe. Beef is always safe. And bring something sweet. Honor them because they're honorable people. They believe in honor. They believe in good shame and honor. So honor them and let them know who you are, what is Christianity is all about, that God told us to be hospitable to you, to love you, because you are the sons of Abraham, and honor them in that perspective, and put a table before them, you know, and God said in the book of Psalms 23, he said, and he will make a table for us in the presence of our enemy. You know, I think it's always beneficial to converse over a meal. Is it okay? So let's say we're having a meal, and building a friendship, and say to a Muslim, may I have permission, may I tell you what Jesus Christ means to me, and may I tell you how wonderful Jesus is? Is that how you would steer the conversation? It's good, but that's not the first meeting. That will come in the second meeting, you know, because, you know, when you come to him in a second meeting, you tell him, Jesus loves you so much that he put his love for you in my heart. So now I have nothing but love for you. Because Jesus loves you enough, and I walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. So I have to honor him and honor you, you know, because he said you are his friend. And, and so when you, when you talk like this, Muslims don't understand unconditional love. And now you're bringing to them unconditional love. You're breaking through the barriers. Never, you know, at the beginning, show them hospitality. They are generous people. They're hospitable. And very, you know, they will give their life for you if they become your friend. But here's the thing, they have no idea, you know, what Christianity is. Christianity has to be modeled to them, not told to them. It's something that you, how you live your life, because they are looking for, for example. And then the other things, our Christianity is, is tangible. What is that supposed to mean? So if they have, if they have, if they need to go to the supermarket, take them to the supermarket, shop with them. A lot of Muslims are eating dogs and cats food because they don't know how to read English. They see a fish on it and they eat it. They think, they think you know, help them. Uh, they need job, help them find job. They need to buy a car, help them buy a car. But more than anything else, tell them, my God is a healer and my God is a God of miracles. And he will change your life today. If you have anything that you need to be healed with or an issue that you're dealing with, I will pray for you. And my God will show up to show to you. 
God answered those miracles. I've seen them happening before me time and time and time again. So what happened is they will have an instant miracle, healing from disease, from cancer, from, uh, you know, marrow, you know, bone marrow issue, blindness, deafness, you know, and just they go like, what kind of God that is? Now they have an aha moment. What is that aha moment? God opened their heart to his spirit to come in. And you, God is using you to be that vessel to, you know, so you are no longer an acquaintance. Now you are a family. And they're going to try to really tell you about Islam and tell them, I'm Christian. I'm in love with my God. And not just that, my God, this, this to me. Let me tell you my testimony. Mm-hmm. Testify. And so they will listen to this. And so you shut down the door to turn you to a Muslim. Well, we're out of time. We're going to visit again with Kamal very soon, and he is the author of a number of works, but I believe most recently, Ishmael Redeemed, Called to the Kingdom, a book that I would urge you to read. And folks, let me remind you, and this, as I'm sure you probably know, this is the driving passion of my heart and Angie and our ministry. The Bible says that in Mark 16, 15, we are to preach the gospel to every creature. My dear Christian friend, you can be used by God to proclaim salvation to your neighbor, whether it be a Muslim, a Jewish person, a Gentile, but understand the time is short. Christ is coming. The world needs to hear. The Arabic world needs to hear. So I want to challenge you to be equipped We're here to help you be equipped. Kamal is here to help you be equipped. Pray, intercede, and then get out there and be a witness. I assure you, there's nothing more thrilling like the thrill of knowing that God worked through you to bring a soul to salvation. This is Alex McFarland. Thanks for listening. Keep us in prayer. Stay bold. Stand strong for truth. And we'll continue very soon on our next broadcast. Alex McFarland Ministries are made possible through the prayers and financial support of partners like you. For over 20 years, this ministry has been bringing individuals into a personal relationship with Christ and has been equipping people to stand strong for truth. Learn more and donate securely online at alexmcfarland.com. You may also reach us at Alex McFarland, P.O. Box 10231, Greensboro, North Carolina, 27404, or by calling 1-877-YES-GOD and the number 1. That's 1-877-YES-GOD-1. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again on the next edition of The Alex McFarland Show. Do you have a desire to deepen your faith, better understand Christian apologetics, or to get a biblical perspective on current events? Well, I've tried to make it simple for you to do just that. On my website, alexmcfarland.com, there's a new section called Ask Alex Online. It's simple, it's clean, and you can read my answers to common questions about God, faith, and the Bible. So visit the website, alexmcfarland.com, and look for the section that says Ask Alex Online.